Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and today my guest is Alec Lisevsky. Alec designed and built his 8 by 20 foot tiny house in 2013 and lived in it for three and a half years before selling everything and moving to New Zealand for his next adventure. Alec believes a tiny house goes far beyond its four walls and a roof and is only part of a conscious personal choice to live in a more simple and sustainable way. Alec, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ethan. It's fun to be here. I'm glad you joined us. Uh, I wanted to start off by asking you about your tiny house, the tiny project. Uh, I think it was one of the first houses that I saw that incorporated a more modern look uh, with the unique roof line. And I was curious what inspired that design. Um, yeah, I, I, when I was thinking through what I wanted for my house, I was actually shocked that mostly everything I was seeing was just a really traditional roof, uh, like, you know, Jay Schaefer's iconic design. And I never understood how that was a good use of space. <laughs> so when I was just thinking, okay, I've got eight by 20 feet, you know, how am I going to maximize this? How, is, how am I going to create some storage in the loft? How am I going to have enough room for a little home office? The only thing that made sense to me was to use a shed roof, just a low sloping shed roof to give it, you know, almost like a box, just so it has as much possible interior space. So um, I don't know why there were very few at the time. Uh, certainly that's not the case anymore. I think everyone sort of caught on. <laughs> to me, it just made, I, I'm a visual designer. So it just in terms of use of space and, and even how it looked, it just was a no brainer for me at the time. Yeah. And as I said, I think it was one of the earliest shed roofs that I saw but what's so cool about it, and if if those listening have never seen it, they should check it out at tiny-project.com. There's this kind of juxtaposing roof line that goes opposite of the direction of the shed roof. And it it doesn't, when you look at it from the front, it doesn't read like a shed roof. You don't see it and say, oh, that's just a shed roof. It, it really, the, the lines are, are just visually really beautiful. Yeah, I, I was trying, when I, when I originally designed the house, I was sort of approaching it from a passive solar um, point of view and 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 the multiple sort of roof lines were intended to create an overhang that would shade the largest windows on the side of the house um, and I, I instead of building that um, as a like as a solid uh, overhang there I ended up just using shade sails to create even more shade so the roof line the way that they sort of did sort of juxtapose these these two angled roof lines were, were sort of to create maximum interior space um, and maximum sun exposure on one side, but then also the ability to sort of intersect that with a separate plane to create this little overhang for shade. Um, so that was sort of the original idea. And it, I, I liked how it looked visually as well as serving that, um, you know, solar heating, cooling purpose as well. Yeah, I just I just love that design and I've seen photos of it set up with those those shade sails and it just adds so much outdoor living space and just more usable ground to be on. Yeah, that was always the intention from the beginning as well was to add that um, when I first built the house, it didn't have the deck um, because I knew it would be harder to move. When the the first my first move was I built it in in Iowa and towed it out to California. And I was like, I can, I can add the deck later. You know, there's no reason to make it more difficult and possibly, you know, less well-balanced on the road. 
Um, so, but I had always intended to create that outdoor space because it just makes, it feels like it's twice as big. And I think anyone who, you know, who has a tiny house, who has a deck or has created some outdoor space will say the same thing. It's just part of your living environment. Um, and then, so yeah, so once I got that whole package together with the deck and the shade sails, it was that, that was really finally complete, I think at that point. And so is California where you lived in the house for the majority of the time that you were in it? Yeah. Uh, I lived in California for just over two years and then towed the house from there to Austin, Texas and lived in Austin for just over a year. So it was about three and a half years total that I was in the house full time in Sebastopol, California and Austin, Texas. And yeah, so it was a, there's a couple big trips, big moves uh, to get it from place to place. And so I'm guessing that when you built the house on wheels, that was your intention to be able to live in multiple places if you wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but I, that kind of gets to the question of why did I build a tiny house in the first place? And there were a lot of reasons, but one of them was I really liked the idea of home ownership and, you know, not paying rent, but I had no idea where I was going to settle down. Um, you know, I was in a relationship at the time, but it was in flux because she was going, maybe going to grad school and who knows, could be on either end of the country. I needed the flexibility to just pick up and go where life needed to take me. Um, and you can't normally do that when you own a home. So that was that solved the tiny house concept solved that one of the main sort of issues I had at the, at the time. So many people are drawn to the tiny house lifestyle for financial reasons. And you touched on that as a way of, of saving money and being a homeowner without having to mortgage your future. Yeah. So other than other than the mobility and the financial aspects, were there other aspects that drew you into tiny house, the tiny house lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. I think once I got started, actually, the financial aspect, the financial aspect seemed huge at the beginning, um, and it was definitely a motivating factor because it was the only way I could own a home at the time. But get really getting into it, it was everything else that uh, really was fascinating to me. Um, you know, I could have figured out, I could have rented. I, I, you can you can figure things out. Like I, I could have made it work financially doing any number of different ways of living. Um, but it's really the lifestyle and the, how living in such a small space changes the way you think about nearly everything else in your life, which I think became the motivating factor for me, uh, more so than even the finances. And what I mean by that is just forcing yourself to simplify your belongings then makes you, you know, question what else in your life is more or less important. How can you shift in things in order to be happier? Um, and to maybe, you know, if you're concerned about the environment, you know, to use fewer resources or to consume less in other ways. And so all of those, which may be thought of even as secondary to some people, just the, the, the cumulative effect of all of those benefits and all of those sort of considerations during the whole process was really fascinating to me. And that was, that's the kind of lasting effect that the tiny house living has because I don't, I no longer live in the house. Um, but I still think about the world in the same way that I was sort of trained. Uh, I trained myself through that process to, to a way of sort of living and understanding the world around me and what housing means and how to interact with people and neighbors. And all of that was affected by the tiny house. Well, I loved what you said there. And that was a really beautiful way of putting it. It kind of 
made me just think of the the term almost brutal honesty. You know, you have to become honest with yourself about your possessions. That's almost like a first step because there's a physical space barrier. But then you really touched on that second and maybe third level, you know, orders of effect there, which are relationships and commitments and and jobs and, you know, the whole course of of your life can be kind of changed by that perspective that living tiny gives you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That I find that incredibly fascinating. Um, and relationships is a huge one. And I've, I've actually given some talks on this uh, because I've been in two different relationships in the tiny house. Um, both are quite different, but they're, the, you, you know, you, you come across the same uh, issues and, or not really issues, but just the challenges and, and the type of communication that's necessary to make that work. Um, so that in itself is a, a whole interesting topic of just how to really be prepared to have a successful relationship in a tiny house. Um, but yeah, it does. It really, it, it's, it's, um, I almost think of it as, um, in a way like a spiritual practice. It's, it, it, it affects you on a pretty deep level and then radiates out and sort of then has an impact on every other area of your life, uh, which is really kind of crazy that something like a house can do that <laughs> which goes to show you that it's a lot more that's why in the intro you know it's a lot more than just the house itself it's really everything else that the house does for you and the way in which it might uh shift your perspective which is which is really cool so what would be your advice for someone interested in tiny living who does have a partner that they want to bring along with them um, well, you know, a lot of it, um, coincidentally, is, is really just relationship advice in general. Uh, I, I mean, the main one just being communication is key. Uh, there's, there's, there's no fear of too much communication, I think, especially at the beginning of that process. And really understanding what it is, because usually someone in a relationship is going to be the primary driver of the project. Like if they're really interested in tiny houses, they sort of have to get their partner on board. Um, it's not as often that both people are equally enthusiastic about it. Um, and so, you know, really like going, talking through what it is that you really want to gain from this and, and the finances, because finances are also a big point of, you know, heated point of topic for couples and they often get in, you know, arguments over it. So really understanding each other's goals and needs uh, up front and, you know, then obviously throughout the process, if you're building it, it can be incredibly stressful and a lot of people like really get overwhelmed and freak out and it strains their relationship during that as well. So there's so many areas uh, where it could potentially be challenging for a couple. Um, so you just have to really communicate well through the process and really take care of yourself and take care of each other because it can be really uh, emotionally taxing, especially if you're building your own house. That part of the process is, is, is a challenge for anyone and everyone, no matter where they are or if they're you know, in a partnership or not. So, um, and then obviously once you're in the house, the, I think there's a lot of little lessons to learn, which some of those things you can't really know until you do it. But it's a lot of it is just the proximity that you have to each other. Um, and the constant sharing of space and how that may kind of shift your relationship in a way that you never had to deal with in a larger house because most people usually have a bit more alone time or a bit more privacy or more separation if they want it. And in a tiny house, you really have 
to face everything head on because there's nowhere to go. I mean, you can go outside, you can close the door and, you know, go for a walk. That's, that's your, if you need some space, that's your only option. So it's really, um, it, it forces um, in the moment communication, which is often lacking or easy to push aside in a bigger space. So there's just so many ways in which it, again, kind of these subtle shifts that, but they become really important and they can make or break a relationship if they're not, you know, taken care of. That's so well put. And there's so much there. I'll, I'll just share in my own situation. You know, I was dating somebody while I built the tiny house and we, we have stayed together and now we're actually married, but our biggest fight probably ever and our real first fight happened during the building of the tiny house and it you know it it taught us a lot about each other about working together but i i had another observation which is just that you are you do have so much more face time together in that tiny house but it's a wonderful thing in our relationship because because we see each other so frequently at home I think we're more encouraging of each other having our own hobbies and interests and things that we go out and do on our own. I think that so many couples, you know, couples who maybe work full time out of the house, you know, they they feel almost obliged to spend the weekend together and and have the same hobbies so that they can spend that time together. And we don't have to force each other to do those things. Like we can have our own things. And we know that our relationship is strong because we we are together in the tiny house a lot. Yeah, that's a really interesting observation. And and that also has more to do with other lifestyle choices like being able to work from home. I mean, because a lot of people, whether just because you're in a tiny house doesn't necessarily mean that's true. So it and I, I'm the same way where I do spend a lot of time with my partner and I see her every day and often during the daytime. Um, I, I have a full-time job now, so I don't work from home, but still I commute, I come home from, for lunch every day cause I'm really close to work. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that's really cool how, um, both your lifestyle choices and what you're able to do for work plus your house can, can change things in a way which you've found a healthy way through that, which is we get more connection all the time. So therefore we're also able to give each other more freedom to enjoy other hobbies and stuff. So you kind of get the best of both. So that's just an example of how a tiny house, if, if you're willing to go through that process and communicate, well, it can bring you a lot of benefits. I mean, I feel like I was closer to, I am closer to my partner because of that process as well. Um, and you know, my dog loved it because she always wanted to be in the same room with us and there was only one room. So she always was. She always <laughs> so, got to be with her people. Yeah, exactly. So there are, there are a lot of benefits. Um, but I don't know if everyone's quite ready for it because people do, people do ask that and they do worry about that or they, you know, you'll, you'll see people ask questions. How can I convince my partner that we should do this? And um, I think, you know, if you, you should try and convince your partner, if you buy, that's also a bit of a red flag being like, if you really need to change someone and you really need to, if you're going to sort of subtly force them into it, it may not work. So it's definitely something to consider if you're going through this with someone else. I couldn't agree more. And I definitely get those emails as well. How can I convince my husband, wife, partner, et cetera, to, to do this with me? And, you know, 
you can explain the benefits, but they have to see it for themselves. And you, you certainly don't want to force someone into tiny living. And baby steps. Because, you know, sometimes you see, you see someone say, my husband is a hoarder. I want to live in a tiny house. That's a big gap to bridge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you start small, you know? Yeah, maybe try paring down the, the collection. Yeah, maybe move to a smaller apartment, maybe clean out the garage, do it in baby steps, and then eventually you might might get there. But I think all at once is too much. Yeah. And you know, everything is a trade-off. And with tiny living, you know, you trade space for sometimes financial, sometimes physical, sometimes both, that kind of freedom. Um, you chose to sell your tiny house, which I can hardly imagine doing, but the trade-off must have been worth it. Um, so I'm curious, why did you decide to let the tiny house go? Thanks for that question. I, I haven't really talked about this with anyone yet. Um, you know, when I was building it and when I was living in it, I never thought I would sell it ever. I just figured, um, well, first of all, I mean, when you spend that much time designing and building something, the house literally felt like a part of me. So it was like, it was like a death selling. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was a serious labor of love and blood, sweat, and tears that went into that and just so many hours. So it was hard to even think about it as something that I could sell. Um, and I never had, um, and I wasn't planning on it. But it's kind of like with any major life decision, it's like I didn't think about it until the next thing that came along that really pulled me in a different direction. And then I kind of was just willing to do whatever it took to make that next dream happen. And it was the same way with the tiny house. I kind of, you know, when I, when the tiny house bug got in my brain, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I didn't even really, other considerations just dropped away. Uh, and that one just became my focus. So when, when I sort of made the decision that I wanted to move to New Zealand and, and, and try this thing out and live in a different country and uh, be close to my brother here and um, all of a sudden keeping the house became less important to me than it was before. And I, you know, I thought, well, I, I can always build another one, I guess, or, you know, I, maybe it's just time to move on and see what the next thing is. So I, it took me a few weeks of really, really thinking that through. But at some point, I was just able to let it go and say, it's just a house, um, which is crazy, because it's really more than that. But uh, in the end, it's just like any other possession. I, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know if I shamed myself, but I was kind of like, look, if I, if I can live this sort of minimalist life where I was able, where I'm not able to care about too many other possessions, well, a house, even, even one that I designed and built and put so much attention into is still just a possession. And I don't want to treat it like any, anything else. I don't want to get attached to it just like I don't want to get attached to anything else. And so, uh, I said, if I think about it like that, it, it's a no brainer. I just gotta, I just gotta let it go, just like I might have to let go of some other possession uh, because it's really not the most important thing in my life, as big as it is. Uh, so that was a tough one, but I got to that point where I knew that I wasn't going to let that one thing um, prevent me from doing something else really big and cool and new. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons of going for the tiny house in the first place was it was mobile. It was like I, I. I ended one relationship and started a new relationship and moved halfway across the country with it. And I wouldn't have had that flexibility without it being on wheels. And in the same way, I wouldn't have the flexibility to move to a different country without 
needing to sell it. So it's like, I just, it's an extension of the same freedom and unattachment that I hope to live my life um, with in general. And so I just did it (laughs) and I miss it. And um, I miss being part of the tiny house community, the tiny house tribe and all the friends I made that I don't get to see very often or I haven't since I've moved to New Zealand. But the house itself, again, it's probably more the people that I miss, really, honestly. Maybe you'll build a tiny house in New Zealand and find the tiny house people there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I have no idea what my, my tiny house future looks like. I may build one here. Um, I, I haven't actually, because I've, you know, I got a new job here and I've been, I've moved to a new apartment recently and just sort of had other issues. I haven't really had time to do as much research on tiny houses in New Zealand and what the legal differences are with just, you know, cause it's, everything's a little bit different here. Um, so I'm not as up to speed actually on what it would take if I were to do this again. Um, but it's just like, currently I live in Auckland. It's a big city. There's, there's really no, uh, if I want to be anywhere close to work, there's really no opportunity for me to park a tiny house anywhere nearby. So if it happens, it'll happen um, and some, somewhere down the line when I maybe, uh, am back to doing uh, freelance work from home or something and I have more flexibility. Um, so who knows, but I, I hope to stay connected cause it's something I'm still really um, interested in, even though I can't say that I currently live in a tiny house anymore. And I don't think that you have to live in a tiny house to continue to have something to offer and to share. I mean, your, your website is still an amazing resource and, the plans for your house are still awesome and beautiful and, you know, available for people to, to get and use. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I still just actually, uh, maybe just as much as ever, I still love, uh, kind of helping people and answering questions and sort of, because I think, and I think most people would say this is true, you know, going through the experience of, really every step of the process from designing and building and moving, traveling, you know, towing and all, and the legal implications and everything, just all of that. Um, having that knowledge is, it is a resource for, you know, for other people. And part of the fun of going through that is to be able to share it. And, and I really, uh, I miss that actually. I, I, I really like to be able to help other people, through this process and to sort of inspire them. So yeah, I'm more than happy to continue and just sort of offer what I've, what I do through my website and also hopefully take place and, you know, take part in some more maybe local tiny house things and get connected here as well. But um, that's the beauty of it is like I, like, like I said before, the, the impact that living in a tiny house has on your life isn't just confined to the house. And it's the same thing. Once, once you've gone through this process and once you've learned the lessons, then obviously that sticks with you for life. So it's not like it's just going to end because I had to sell my house. <laughs> what are some ways that you continue to live the tiny lifestyle, even though you're not in a tiny house? Um, well, to be honest, my wife's in a lot of ways is still really similar. I live in a really a small one bedroom apartment. Actually my partner and I, we used to live in a studio, which 
you know, uh, we, we, we had to move because the owner sold it and that was, you know, bigger than a tiny house, but very small. And the new apartment's very small. So I still, I've, I've, I still like and seek out smaller spaces. Um, and in a way it's kind of like recreating what I had before because I did love living in the tiny house. We have this little outdoor patio area, which, you know, is kind of the same as having the deck with the shaded, the shaded deck on the tiny house and everything. Um, so I think it's more about living simply. I mean, the exact size and the, you know, configuration of it obviously could change. And I'm in more of an urban environment now. So just the options and, you know, everything's a little bit different, but I think it's just, I, my shopping habits are the same. I don't buy things I don't need. Everything's pretty simple. Um, you know, I, I, my financial habits are the same. I pretty much spend most of my money on food and travel and not really other <laughs> possessions that, you know, that I don't really need. Um, so again, those lessons are that I've learned and sort of the lifestyle that I created living in the tiny house hasn't really changed at all other than just, uh, just some other smaller differences, like the exact details of my job and commuting. I, you know, I commute by a little Vespa scooter now. I'm kind of like trying to keep things small and simple. So we have one car that we share. We don't have, you know, anything really extravagant. And so, you know, living within your means and saving money and, and sort of keeping things simple, that's, that's all the same. It hasn't really changed. It's just the house is a little bit different configuration now. That's so great. And it's such a nice reminder for those who are not yet living tiny, who are kind of pining for it. And I know that I pined for it before I built mine. It, like you, it was kind of, I got it into my head and I just could not let it go. And it became my sole focus and goal. Isn't it crazy how that happens? Like, what is it about tiny houses that can really hook you that deeply? I think it's just that we see we see these benefits like this the financial freedom, the minimalism, the the like ability to potentially work from home and you know maybe I can have my own business if my expenses aren't so high. I think we see those things and we see the house as a way of getting there, but I think in a way what you just said kind of goes to show that you don't actually need the tiny house to start embodying the tiny house lifestyle and I, of course I don't want to say like anyone can do this because people do have existing mortgages and they do have debt and they do have all kinds of things that are maybe preventing them from living that way but the house isn't necessarily the savior that's going to make that happen yeah and you have to approach it from a really practical point of view too because you know what if you do if you do live in a city and you need to be somewhere for work or whatever maybe trying to force it and, and build a tiny house and sort of struggle with where to park it. Maybe that isn't the best timing. I mean, you can like, you could live in a lot of the same ways and not actually live in a tiny house on wheels. You could live in a small studio apartment and reap all similar benefits that you would from a tiny house and sort of structure your life the same way. So again, the, the, the actual four walls and the roof, aren't that important. It's more about everything else. Um, and tiny houses, I think because they're charming and cute and like really cool and trendy and, 
it's it's a really easy place to go and say that's perfect that's what i want but you can take you can get nine tenths of the way there by restructuring other parts of your life um, that have nothing to do with the actual house so one thing that i like to ask all of my guests are um what are three books or movies or resources that inspired you along your tiny house journey that that you'd like to share with others Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, none of the books and movies and resources that exist now existed when I started. (laughs) Well, few of them did. Um, Some of the inspirations for me, well, Dee Williams was an inspiration. And the the way that I got started was I took a a pad workshop in Portland, just a one day workshop. And her resources like uh, Go House Go, I think the little book um, was one of them. Um, and that was really a cool introduction into the tiny house community as well and seeing other people, um, embracing that lifestyle and Portland at the time was, and still is, you know, sort of one of the, the hubs. So that was an inspiration. Um, there were no TV shows, there were no movies. Um, the, one of my original inspirations was um, God, I forget the owner's names, but the the Proto House, it was a sort of a little bit more traditional styled house with a gabled roof, but it had this really nice white interior. Um, and I liked the mix of materials and how open and beautiful it looked. And that was uh, visually, that was an inspiration for me. Um, I believe that was Anne Holly. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And I loved that house too. That was that was kind of my inspiration. I took a lot of design cues from that house. Yeah, yeah. I think at the time it was definitely one of the kind of most amazing examples that was out there that you could find on the internet. Um, this was, you know, so I built my house in 2013. So I was researching like late 2012. So this, you know, it's a lot's changed in that time. Uh, but that still is, yeah, a beautiful house, beautiful example. I remember emailing her, I think, some questions. And I, I, I almost got to go see the house, but I wasn't able to. Um, but that was an inspiration for sure. Um, God, is there a third one that I can think of? Um, uh, well, well, I mean, Jay Schaefer was an inspiration um, for other reasons, just because he's like a unique guy and I, I liked his um, sort of rebellious attitude and like the way he sort of chose to live in a tiny house because of other reasons like financial and all the other reasons, but also just because, because you kind of weren't supposed to, like it wasn't allowed and it was new and different and um, something that an art student would do. Like it just, <laughs> it was kind of like a, 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 a cool perspective and, uh, he's a quirky guy, and so I, I, uh, I definitely found some inspiration in that as well. So th- this was like, you know, these these like, you know, D and J are, are so old school now, and a lot of people don't even know about them because they've had so many other more big time like tiny house people that are on TV and everything that they've seen. But um, yeah, those 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 two were were really my inspiration. Nice. Well, Alec Lisevsky, thank you so much for, for talking today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. You've been listening to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast with Ethan Waldman. 
like what you've heard? Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, leave a rating and review. Thank you so much to Alec Lisevsky for your time today. You can find the show notes for this episode, including links to Alec's recommended resources at thetinyhouse.net slash Alec. That's thetinyhouse.net slash A-L-E-K. And finally, if you're looking for the ultimate guide to planning your tiny house, check out my comprehensive resource, Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is the guide I wish I had when I built my tiny house and comes in three different packages to help you get a jumpstart on your tiny house planning. Save hundreds of hours of research and thousands of dollars with Tiny House Decisions. Learn more at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. We're offering a special discount for podcast listeners. Use the coupon code TINY to take 20% off any package. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD, coupon code TINY for 20% off. That's all, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.